0: In a time when evildoers parade their agenda before the world without shame, in a world where absolutes are being challenged and changed, in a society where truth is relative, welcome to a podcast that will edify, encourage, and empower you, a podcast that will speak God's truth in love. I'm your host, Myron Powell. Thank you for subscribing and listening to Rightly Dividing the Word of Truth to rightly dividing the word of truth. Thank you for subscribing to our YouTube channel and to our podcast. I'm your host, Myron Powell, joined with Minister Kennedy. I'm the bishop and pastor of the Church of Omaha, and we're glad you're here. Over the next few weeks, Minister Kennedy and I will be sharing what God's word has to say about the topic of holiness. Now, within this topic of holiness, we will also discover how to live and walk in God's righteousness in our present world. Two foundational scriptures that we will use to build these lessons upon are found in Hebrews 3, verse 6, and Acts 20, verse 28. Hebrews 3, verse 6 says, But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house are we, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end? And in Acts 20, 28, Take heed unto yourselves and to all the flock, over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, to feed the church of God. And here it is, which he hath purchased with his own blood. And with the reading of these verses, I'd like to pray at the opening of this podcast today. Father, you are the living word. And we now ask that you would preach and teach your written word through us in these lessons. Open our understanding that we might comprehend the scripture, reveal your truth, and let there be a demonstration of your spirit and your power as lives are transformed for your glory. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. Jesus is coming again soon, and when he returns, he's going to reward the righteous and pour out his wrath upon the wicked simultaneously. The righteous, who will be rewarded and raptured into his presence, are those who have been born again of the water and of the Spirit, and who are also bearing the fruit of the Spirit, walking in truth, walking in love, and perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. You see, in Ephesians 5:27, Jesus reveals that he's coming back to redeem a glorious church that is not spotted or wrinkled, but is holy and without blemish. When Peter illustrates the second coming of the Lord Jesus and the fiery wrath that will be poured out, he asks a very important question. He says, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness looking for and hasting unto the coming day of God? In John's first epistle to the church, he admonishes God's elect, which is the church, to purify themselves as he, God, is pure. Why? because he's coming back again. Now, in future podcasts, I will be dealing with the subject of the second coming of the Lord, and our teaching pastor here at the Church of Omaha, Jeremy uh, uh, Cole, will be joining me in those. But for this series of podcasts, we're going to discuss holiness. And let me just suffice it to say about the coming of the Lord, please make sure you're ready to go when Jesus comes. And here's why. Jesus tells the parable of a man who did not have on the wedding garment he was then cast out of that event because he was not prepared. Some have interpreted this to mean that he was not born again. And of course, that is supported within the, the, the wealth of Scripture. But it also means that he was not covered in God's righteousness and therefore was not holy before the Lord. Earlier, a few months ago, when God dealt with me to launch this podcast, I asked Minister Kennedy to join me in studying this topic, and I'm asking him now to share with you some of the things that he discovered in those first weeks of study. Minister Kennedy, share with us what God laid on your heart, please. Thank you, Bishop.
1: First, giving all thanks to Jesus Christ, our Lord and God, for in him dwells all the fullness Of the Godhead bodily. To Bishop Powell, a man out of God's own heart, thanks for all your support. And to all listeners on all different platforms, thank you for tuning in to Rightly Dividing the Word of Truth. It's a blessing to be here to exalt the name of Jesus together. Amen. Since that first time that we met Bishop, in the Lord our God, Gave you discernment about myself, about my spirit. And we prayed and heard the voice of God charging us both to enlighten his church to be holy for the Lord our God is holy. And from that moment, we knew that the Lord our God revealed his desire to have a glorious church. And he charged us both to start a platform to instruct his church to return to their first love and do that first work. See Revelation 2 verse 5, to do, to do that first works mean to love the Lord your God right. with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and to love your neighbors as you love yourself. On these two commandments, hang all the laws and the prophets. See Matthew 22, 27 through 40. I would like to use Titus chapter 2, 1 through 8, to set the tone for today's broadcast. Mm. In today's lesson, you should learn how to exercise unto godliness, what do that look like, how to exemplify holiness, how can that be accomplished, and how to endure in holiness, mm-hmm. how to fulfill this commandments? In this passage, Paul gives the assignments, the roles for each members of the family, on a list of duty, if you will, for the older men, younger men, older women, and younger women. These verses reveal everyone parts, and all we must do is play our part, do our part. Titus give a charge to everyone, whether young or old, to stay in hot pursuit for holiness. See Titus 2, verse 12. We live in a culture that is drowning in gender confusion. Okay. The lines have become blurred. Right. And we are groping about trying to understand what it means for a man to be a man and a woman to be a woman. What it means for a man to be masculine and a woman to be feminine. Many people in society today hear a lot of terms dealing with sexuality but do not have a clue what those terms mean. It is perfectly clear that the so-called leaders of the world, from the preschools to the university and many other strategic places of influence, want to neutralize if not eliminate the gender distinctions and differences. God created us in His image and likeness. See Genesis one verse 26. and the church is being shaped by secular culture more than by sacred scriptures. Wow. Never had the church needed more desperate to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And through Titus chapter two, God word. His voice rings loudly, revealing his plan in this text, revealing his assignments and his role for mankind. In this passage, God make his plan plain and clear. Paul outlined God's expectation for each group that make up the church in mm-hmm. terms of gender and age. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. He defined godly living that is consistent with sound doctrine, this outline can be summed up in one important role, discipleship. Right. Matthew 28, verse 19 charges us to go thee therefore and teach all nation. This is discipleship at its core. And here in Titus, Paul began to disciple the church of uh, the true and living God. He began by outlining the duties of the older men, then the older women. Next, he instructed the younger women, then the younger men. Older men need to disciple younger men, and older women need to disciple younger women. Right. The gospel is to produce godliness in the lives of those within the church whether old or young male or female and one way we can accomplish this goal is by pursuing by pursuing God's will. Yes, sir. In Titus 2 verse 1 and 2 Paul begins by challenging the older mature men Notice God always began with whom he left in charge of the family. When Adam fell along with Eve, God went to to the head of the family first. See Genesis 3 verse 9. So Paul began with the head of the family encouraging the men in the church to take a path that is consistent with sound doctrine based on godly living which pleases the lord titus 2 verse 1 begin by saying but speak thou the things which become sound doctrine to speak sound doctrine is this mean to teach god called godly men to teach these godly men understand that there is a right way and a wrong way to do anything. So if so, as they prepare their mind to teach, they have a made up mind to rightly divide the word of truth. See 2 Timothy 2 verse 15, as they instruct the younger man as well as they the whole entire family, their instruction should point to holiness. That's right. So as we examine each list for each gender, man and woman, old and young, our mindset should be, exercise the list, exemplify the list, and endure working out the list mm. in Jesus' name. Amen. Exercise towards holiness, Actually, God's word says, exercise unto godliness. Right. First Timothy four, verse seven and eight says, but refuse profane and old wise fables and exercise thyself rather unto godliness for bodily exercise, profit a little, but godliness is profitable unto all things. So godliness is profitable unto all things. According to definition.com, godliness means the quality or practice of conforming to the laws and wishes of God. So to exercise unto godliness is to practice God's wishes, to conform to his desire, to have quality in our spiritual walk, which is holiness. As a man, exercise means excuse me, it's a noun, exercise, mean, activities requiring physical Mm efforts, carry out to sustain or improve health and fitness. Mm -hmm. Apply spiritually, this mean activities requiring spiritual effort, carry out to sustain or improve our spiritual being. 3 John verse 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou may prosper and be in health even as thy soul prosper. Remember, the spiritual meaning of exercise is activities requiring spiritual efforts. This means it will take some effort on our behalf, meaning we must work it out. Philippians 2 verse 12 teaches us to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, this type of work isn't designed for us to achieve any type of glory. See Ephesians 2 verse 9, it says, Not of works, lest any man shall boast. But this word can be classified as a labor of love. Paul wrote to the Thessalonian church in 1 Thessalonians 1, chapter 1 verse 3 he said remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love the labor of love works right. it's a works that give god all the glory it's a work that give god all the the the, the praise remember god is love see first john 4 verse 4 so this what it means to exercise unto godliness put in all your effort all your strength towards pleasing the lord Amen. so exercise the list in jesus name jesus. secondly exemplify the list as a verb exemplify means be a typical example of some synonyms are represent symbolize mm-hmm. demonstrate yes. and give an example of so to exemplify godliness is to be an example of God, represent God, symbolize God, demonstrate God, and all this can be achieved through holiness. Amen. That's why modesty is important, Bishop. Right. The Bible teaches us about modesty. 1 Timothy 2 verse 9 says, In like manner also, that women adorn themselves in modest apparel. Adorn means to make more beautiful or attractive. So it's safe to say, when we clothe ourselves with holiness, we make ourselves more beautiful and attractive in the sight of God. And even though... 1 Timothy 2 verse 9 speak directly to women we also know that there is no respect of person with God right. meaning men must also put on modesty 1 right. Corinthians 11 verse 14 says does not even nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair it is a shame unto him God having changed his exemplification Correct. just because the world have changed right. doesn't mean that God has changed. Mm. He said in his word, Malachi 3 verse 6 says, for I am the Lord, I change not. Deuteronomy 22 verse 5 says, the woman should not wear that which pertaineth unto a man, neither shall man Put on a woman' garments, for all that do so are abomination unto the Lord thy God. Modesty exemplified three things: first, that we are obedient, even on the issue uh, of things that the world may say it shouldn't matter. Secondly, It shows submission, that we will submit to God and resist the devil, resisting the world popular views. Thirdly, it shows that we will give up life as we know of it for the life that God has for us. Mark 8, verse 35 says, For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake in the gospel, the same shall save him. When we choose to practice modesty, when we choose to exemplify holiness, that is a sign of losing our very own life. It is a sign of denying ourselves. Jesus said in Mark 8 verse 34, whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself Right. and take up his cross and follow me. This verse reveals three major points of discipleship. First, there must be a desire to follow Jesus in and and understanding that jesus is leading the pack and not ourselves and if jesus is leading the pack how we live should reflect how he lived secondly we must deny ourselves (laughs) this is a nevertheless response meaning no matter how bad we want to do something if we line it up with the word of god Mm -hmm. remember Thy word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. So when uh, our desire and wants do not line up with the word of God, even if it deal with what I wear or how I wear my hair, if it doesn't line up with God's word, my response should be, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And lastly, we must take up our cross. Then and only then will we be fit to be Jesus' disciples. This is how exemplifying godliness looked like. This is how presenting your body a living sacrifice looked like, by loving and in allowing your light to shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Remember. We talk about works earlier. These words are those good words which causes men to glorify your father, which is in heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Enduring in holiness. Galatians 6 verse 9 says, and let us not be weary in well doing for in due season we shall reap. If we faint not. In this verse, God is encouraging his people through the man of God so we won't grow tired of doing what is right better yet the righteous thing psalm 23 verse 3 teaches us that god will lead us down the path of righteousness for his name's sake matthew 24 verse 13 says but he that shall endure unto the end the same shall be saved yeah. this is a promise that if we endure we shall be saved Praise endure in what endure in holiness yeah endure in yes. righteousness yes. endure in godliness endure in modesty yes. all of this can be summed up in one word holiness right. Right. enduring in holiness and an enduring believer is a person who practice what's written in the word of god right. James 1 verse 22 through 25 says, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forget what manner of man he was, but whoso, Ill, but whoso, Looketh into the perfect law yes. of liberty Thank you, Lord. and continue therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This man shall be blessed in his deeds. Hallelujah. In verse 22, God command us to be doers. In verse 25, it mentioned a doer of the work, mm-hmm. meaning Living a lifestyle that is that exalt Jesus, that lift him up, that glorify and magnify Jesus Christ our Lord and God, a doer of the work. This work is called holiness, a work of sanctification. It's a verb. Sanctify means to set apart or to declare holy. Some synonyms are consecrate, set apart, make holy. Make sacred. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 3 and 4 says, "...for this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor." A biblical definition of cleanses is is to purify, to make clean, to remove filth or foul matter of any kind or by any process, as a verb cleanse means, make something, especially the skin, thoroughly clean. Put that in a spiritual context. We ought to especially make our soul thoroughly clean by the washing of God's word. Bishop mentioned earlier that Jesus will present unto Himself a glorious church, glorious means having worthy of, or bringing fame or admiration. So Ephesians five verse twenty-seven is revealing to us that Jesus. Will present to himself a glorious church, a church that is worthy of himself. Jesus, make us worthy through his own spirit, the Holy Spirit. That's why it is necessary that every believer accept the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts 2:38 says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized. Mm-hmm. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Paul asked a couple of church members this question. In Acts 19, verse 2, he said, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? This is how we endure in holiness. The Holy Ghost give us power to endure in holiness. 2 Timothy 1, verse 7 says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This verse reveals three powerful truths. First, we have power, and, not, and, and, and in that power, no weapon form against us shall prosper. Secondly, God has given us love, and understand this, that love along with the power that God has given to us empower us to live holy. In John 14, verse 15, Jesus said this, If you love me, keep my commandments. We can't say that we can't love because God has given us love. It's proven in his word. And not just any type of love, but a powerful love, a Holy Ghost powerful love, powerful enough to live right, powerful enough to walk right, to talk right power to endure to the end. Lastly, this verse revealed that God gave us a sound mind, a peaceful mind, a mind that has more than enough power and more than enough love to stay focused no matter what the world may say, no matter what the world may do, no matter how much the world may change. I have a made up mind. He has given us a sound mind and enabling us to stay focused on his will, to stay focused on his ways, to stay focused on his word. Psalm 1 verse 2 says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law does he meditate day and night meaning keep your mind on God's word keep your mind on Jesus and the more that we keep our mind on God's word it transforms our mind to be like that mind that was in Christ Jesus that's why Paul said in Philippians 2 verse 5 let this mind be in you that which was also in jesus christ and this is how we endure in holiness if you allow jesus to mold your mind to mold your heart to purge your soul through this god-given platform then you will have success in the thing that pleases the lord So allow us to bless you and encourage you, edify and equip you that you may be holy for the Lord our God is holy. I thank you all for allowing me to share what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And now I turn this broadcast back into the hands of our anointed and appointed bishop, Bishop Powell.
0: Thank you, Minister Kennedy. And uh, for those of you that attend the Church of Omaha, you you know how blessed we are to have this man of God and his passion for uh, the Word of God. Uh, there's never a time, whether it's a, a men-of-war prayer meeting or a men's breakfast or this podcast or when he's preaching, that he doesn't bring out Scripture after Scripture after Scripture, explaining, qualifying, interpreting, and proving every thought. And today, uh, if you didn't catch it, we need to exercise, we need to exemplify, and we need to endure in these things called holiness. You know, Minister Kennedy, you mentioned uh, about modesty, and it reminded me that in Genesis chapter 3, uh, when they sinned, they had eaten the fruit and they sinned, that uh, they tried to do their own covering of their own ingenuity and it was fig leaves. It, was, it didn't cover very much. And I'm not trying to be, uh, you know, X-rated, so to speak. Uh, but it didn't cover very much. Yet when God judged them and in his mercy allowed them to live but expelled them from the garden, if you read in Genesis 3, it says he made them coats of skin, which fully covered their, their physical shame and nakedness, but also set forth a pattern of what God describes as modest clothing and covering. And, uh, and with that, and, and as we go in these uh, series of podcasts in the coming weeks, they're going to they're gonna be every other Monday that we're going to do this, uh, Lord willing. We're gonna, the theme is going to be about Jesus having bought a house. And those were the scriptures I read at the beginning, and Minister Kendi alluded to them. And that house is the church. We are that house And therefore, since Jesus bought it with his blood, he's the one that has the right to determine what he wants that house to look like. Um, You know, here's a way to kind of help understand that. In 2004, my wife and I designed and built a home in Caribou, Maine. Uh, since we then were the designers and the builders and the owners of that home, we got to make all the decisions exclusively. We chose the color scheme. We chose the style of the house. If we wanted uh, you know, three bathrooms instead of two, we could make those various decisions. If we wanted tile floor instead of a wood floor, we could make those decisions. It was our home. So regardless of what anybody else thought, even if they didn't like the colors or the style, that was our house. We bought it. We could do what we wanted with that house. We designed it. We built it. It was our home. So in the same way, as Minister Kennedy has said, and as we will say in the coming weeks, Scripture reveals that God is the designer and builder of his church. He purchased it. It's his own blood that paid the price for his church. He's Lord and master over his house. It's built upon the rock, which is himself. Therefore, he alone has the right to choose what his house looks like inwardly, And outwardly. So, as we teach these principles, and I want to emphasize the word principle because uh, principles are what we see when we come to the subject of holiness, godliness, and all the words that go along with it. So, as we do this, we do invite you to um, uh, write your questions. Uh, in the comment field on YouTube channel we're going to post this in our Facebook so you can put them in the comments there or you can email us at rightly dividing w o t at gmail.com again that email is rightly dividing wot at gmail.com and you can send us those questions that way and we will be careful to answer them uh, appropriately and adequately as quickly as we can now as we bring this podcast to a close today i want to emphasize one more thing both i and minister kennedy have mentioned uh being born again And he quoted Acts 2.38 as well. So as we bring this to a close, if you're not born again of the water and spirit, according to John 3 and Acts chapter 2, please email us. And I'd be happy, and we would be happy to share with you a Bible study called Beyond Belief that will help you understand and and be able to realize how to be born again. Again, thank you so much for listening and subscribing to Rightly Dividing the Word of Truth. God bless you. Have a blessed day.